just really enjoy being around a singular team, feeling like I'm part of a team where you experience and feel the exaltation when you win and you feel the depression when you lose. And, you know, there there are only 32 opportunities to have that, and I have one of them, so, yeah, I'm very flattered. Good evening and welcome into another episode of Skull Stories. I'm your host, Mike Wobshaw, inside TCO Studios at Winter Park, here with you with a special edition of Skull Stories. Usually on this program, we like to delve into Vikings history and tell you about someone who's got a profound place in the history of the Vikings. But tonight's guest has not only a prominent place in Vikings history, but a profound place with the current team. It's voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen. He joins us tonight to talk about this current Minnesota Vikings team. Paul, isn't this a lot of fun, a divisional round showdown coming up with the Saints? Good evening. Uh, Amazingly excited for it. Have been excited for it pretty much since starting to watch Falcons-Rams Saturday night through Carolina, New Orleans, through work at the Vikings Entertainment Network on Monday, and I'm, I'm really, really excited to call this game. Yeah, and you will call the game Sunday, 3.40 p.m. Central Time is the scheduled kickoff. Of course, that's fluid based on the AFC game, which starts shortly after noon on Sunday. And Paul will be there to help consummate the boom at U.S. Bank Stadium with the Saints visiting the Vikings. Interesting, Paul, um, your story on how you became Vox, voice of the Minnesota Vikings. And we want to hear more about how you develop some of your calls, like boom at kickoff and other things. And we're going to get into that after the break. But we want to pick your brain about this current team. When you look at the Vikings-Saints matchup in a playoff game at U.S. Bank Stadium, Mm -hmm. the reasons for optimism begin with? The fact that the defense is not only best in the NFL overall, in my opinion, but virtually impenetrable at U.S. Bank Stadium. Now, you know, the, uh, the, the final two home games we saw were against the Bears and the Bengals, and those are two non-playoff productions. But I guess there are multiple ways to look at it. One is if you're playing teams that are struggling, then keep them down and obliterate them. And the defense did that. And um, offensively, you know, having having the crowd on your side on a speedy surface with an offense that can score 24 points a game or more, I just feel good about the overall presentation. You know, the the punter was one of two punters in the history of the NFL to finish without a touchback. So think back to that Falcons game on the road, you know, and I think Atlanta has a really good chance to play in the NFC title game. Uh, The punter pinned the Falcons inside the five, defense forced them on a three and out. We got a short field and we scored. I mean, that little moment right there kind of personifies what 2017 Vikings football was all about. Complimentary football, and we hear Coach Zimmer talk about that all the time. Let's talk a little bit more about the defense, but from the 10,000-foot view and how it was constructed, you know, because this wasn't an overnight production. This was over time, multiple seasons, starting with Zimmer taking over in 2014. What was not just the worst defense in the NFL in 2013, but if you look at the history books, a historically bad defense in 2013 because of some circumstances that happened that season. Now look where we are. Great point. You know, Zimmer gets here in 2014, and he has Harrison Smith and Everson Griffin and Xavier Rhodes. And, and though you know, those are three that lead to good starting points. But then being elite defensively the way Mike is, now he and Rick – 
they they started inside and went out. The the move to get Linval Joseph has been massive. Yes. Uh, Daniil Hunter in the third round, Trey Waynes, and having the patience to wait for Trey Waynes through his rookie season, put him on special teams. He leads the team in special teams tackles, and now you can see he's one of the best tackling corners in the NFL because he cut his teeth on special teams. After that, or right around that time, you get um, you get Barr, which goes into Kendricks. And now the defense is sound on all levels. But I think most importantly is you have high-end players who are smart, physical, and fast. And they've been in this system playing the way Mike Zimmer wants it done for two, three, and four years. And, you know, it's second nature to a lot of these guys when he tries to trick teams, and it's very impressive. Yeah, and and the great thing about the defense, the way it's constructed right now, is you've had young players – progressing I'll even put Mac Alexander in there but more more prominently like Trey Waynes and Daniil Hunter progressing and improving but you've had no veterans that you're holding on to that are descending great point you know because sometimes general managers and or coaches become so married to their players and their opinions they refuse to move on and you know I think for Rick into this season moving on from the likes of Audie Cole Red Ellison, even Cordero Patterson, Matt Khalil, maybe he could have played here, but he didn't. He ended up in Carolina, along with Zach Line and some other players. That that had to be difficult because those are players on whom you have relied, including a couple of years ago when you won a division. Um, I, I can't understate how good, uh, just what a good job Rick Spielman has done constructing this team because – the, the general manager and the head coach have to be in harmony. And it's up to the general manager to get the coach the types of guys he needs. And you look at, we talked about the defense. Offensively, they draft Pat Elfline. They bring in Riley Reef. They draft Dalvin Cook. Okay, you lose Dalvin, but they already had Latavius Murray, who they signed in the offseason. And, you know, Case Keenum, with all due respect, has had a very nondescript career. And in watching Case a majority of the offseason, I didn't really see anything with Case that I thought was great. And I thought he was in a legitimate battle with Taylor Heineke in the preseason just to be on the team. But because of that Spielman move and because of the way Case has been able to operate in Pat Shermer's offense, it plays into the harmony uh, that leads to a team to 13 wins. You know, being around Pat Shermer now for a couple of seasons, yeah. he's just done a great job calling plays. I mean, he's he's doing this with his backup quarterback. Remember, you know, I mean, this is not the man around whom uh, around which the offense was constructed. You know, right. this is kind of on the fly. Really, from June on, June of 2017 on, when I really started to get to know Pat a lot better personally, and then to watch him raise Case Keenum in this offense. And, you know, take a guy who had a gunslinger mentality and put him on drops with which he's comfortable, immobilize him where, you know, I'm sure there were plays in the offense for Bradford to move. But when you have Sam Bradford, a lot of it's going to be straight drop and hang in the pocket. So now you got to change a little bit. So Keenum moves a lot with the bootlegs. And I've just really gained a high level of appreciation for Pat Shermer's ability to truly recognize what players do well, jettison what Pat necessarily wants to do, and do it the way that is best for the offense and the team. Pat Shermer's a very selfless guy, and I like that a lot about him. Yeah, and I think a great example of that, PA, is you know, Chip Kelly 
what has been the butt of a lot of jokes in, in NFL circles, you know. But Chip Kelly was on to some things. He did some things well as a coach, and that that's why he's going to do well again on the college ranks. And one thing that Pat Shermer says he took from Chip was the use of tempo after an explosive play. Yeah, Chip Chip likes to use it after like as his base offense. But Pat was like, yeah, I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna do that as my base offense here, but I'm gonna use it from time to time to help enhance what we're already doing. And I think that in a day and age where it's more important maybe than ever to fit your offense to your players, you know, Pat's not afraid to do that, to your point. You know? Well, we, we've seen it with this offense time and time again during the season, whether it's a little slow to go and it's going three and out, three and out, or Pat senses, hey, I can go dagger these guys and take a one-score lead and make it two. He will pick up the tempo, and he goes no huddle, I'm going to say as much, if not more, than any coordinator with whom I've worked, all the way back to Scott Linehan, you know, when I started in 2002. Yeah, and uh, and it's really made a big difference for the offense because no longer are the Vikings a team, you know, that's led by its defense and it drags the offense across the finish line. I mean, these are equal parts now, and um, and so that's been really fun to watch. A key component of that offense is a story that you and I have talked a lot about, um, and that's Adam Thielen. So as someone who lives and works in a provincial state uh, in Minnesota, talk about what it's been like to call games for Adam Thielen. Well, he's fantastic, and he's very – He's a very real guy. You know, he's he's just he's, he's a, a natural, genuine kind of guy who's made a lot of money, had a lot of success, but you don't get the feel that he really knows he's as prominent or as good as he is. And, you know, Adam told me something recently when I brought him to XL Energy Center to uh, do a Vox in the Box radio show with me before a wild Buffalo Sabres game. And, and he told me he credits Terrence Newman immensely for helping him improve as a receiver. You know, 39-year-old Terrence has seen as much as Drew Brees has seen, the guy that we're going to see this weekend. And Terrence worked a lot with Adam on things that really trouble and bug cornerbacks. And taking that approach to it with Adam saying, okay, Terrence has laid out for me these six things corners we don't like. And Adam became incredibly good at all of them. The number one thing is doing everything full speed. Adam's very smart, and when it comes to the the technical nature of his route running, he's as good as you will see in the NFL. And when you do that full speed, I don't care who the corner is, they're going to have trouble covering it. Yeah, Let's dig deep here into this matchup before we go to break. Two things I want to talk about. They're both in the trenches. Max Unger, their starting center, did not play in week one against us, and neither did left tackle Teron Armstead. They're both going to play on Sunday. Yeah, and the uh, left tackle that night was was a rookie Badger Ryan Ramchek. Now he's their right tackle. They they lost left guard Andrus Pete to a broken leg in that Carolina game. I think that that's a major loss. Um, Pete is a converted tackle who really really had taken to the left guard spot. The replacement they have has played, so they're they're not putting somebody super new or super fresh into the spot. Uh, but, you know, it's just really difficult to handicap somebody's offensive line, no matter who it is, when they're going against Everson Griffin, Linval Joseph, Tom Johnson, the former Saint, Daniil Hunter into Brian Robison, Shamar Stefan is tough. Uh, the, this defensive line is just so tough. Uh, the Saints' offensive line is different, no doubt, but um, I give advantage Vikings. Yeah, and then let's flip the script and go to Saints' defensive line. Mm-hmm. Cam Jordan. 
He wears jersey number 94. Yeah, he's unbelievable. He's the son of maybe the best tight end in Vikings history until right. Kyle Rudolph perhaps can challenge some of those records. Yep. Steve Jordan, son of Steve Jordan, Cam Jordan, really good. Well, Cam, Cam is very physical. Uh, he's very thick, and he also is very good quick twitch. The thing about Cam, you can't, from what I understand, you can't get a beat on him. Where he's pigeonholed as a left defensive end, but he flips over to the right side a lot. And the longer the game goes, the better Cam Jordan gets. In my opinion, for my money, he is by far the best defensive player on their team. And if if you don't account for him, he's one of those guys who can ruin the game. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to dig a little bit deeper and do life as the voice of an NFL football team with voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen. But before we go to break, a programming note. Join host Mike Musman along with a special Vikings guest at Shamrocks in St. Paul on Thursday at 5.30 p.m. for a live broadcast of Vikings Country. You could win some great prizes, including tickets in the Miller Lite Lounge at U.S. Bank Stadium for Sunday's playoff game. All right, more with Voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen, coming up after this. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. It's Skull Stories. Wabi, your host, coming to you from TCO Studios at Winter Park. want to tell you that you can be the first to know breaking Vikings news, access video on demand, and get ticket alerts all on your phone with the Minnesota Vikings app. Download today in the App Store and Google Play. Also, the Minnesota Vikings and KFAN Radio have teamed up to create the all-new Vikings channel on the iHeartRadio app. To hear exclusive interviews and breakdowns of your favorite team, download the free iHeartRadio app and search Minnesota Vikings. When you search Minnesota Vikings, you may come across some of the work of the voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen. He's our guest tonight. PA, what's it like to be the voice of an NFL football team. I'm very honored. I always have been. Uh, the The job never gets old to me. You know, maybe it's because the season in doing the play-by-play part of it runs August-ish through whenever it ends. And there's a lot of work crammed into a short amount of time. I do a lot of work with you. I do a lot of work with the Vikings Entertainment Network. And I think if you got people with whom I worked either here or at KFAN or the Vikings Radio Network to open veins without me around, um, I pride myself on knowing, because it comes from the heart, that I don't think anybody would ever say, Paul doesn't enjoy his job. Paul's just here to make the money. You know, Paul is here because a lot of people come to the Friday football feast. I just, I've never been in it for that. And I just really enjoy being around a singular team, feeling like I'm part of a team where you experience and feel the exaltation when you win and you feel the depression when you lose. And, you know, there there are only 32 opportunities to have that. And I have one of them. So, yeah, I'm very flattered. Yeah, and and a part of the process that you enjoy is being around the building. And I don't want to say the off times because there's never really an off time here, but say there's a practice on Thanksgiving morning, you might try to be here for that. Or say it's a sleepy Saturday before a road game and a walkthrough, you might try to be here. And, and you you enjoy being around the people as much as the sport. Well, there, there are times like when they practice on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Day, Thanksgiving. You know, living as close to Winter Park as I do, even if I pop out for 30 minutes, I just feel like I want to be that guy who is sacrificing something on a day where everybody is making a sacrifice. And, you know, everybody wants to be with friends and or family and taking the food and the spirit of a certain holiday, but they're working for a common cause. 
and I like to feel like I'm part of that. You know, and, and fortunately, the, the Vikings give me a lot of access to, to practice and coaches and offices and conversations and stuff like that. So that part makes it a lot easier. What are some, some lasting relationships that you've made in 16 seasons of being around the team as closely as you have? You know, because coaches and players, they come and go, but some of those relationships last. Yeah, I've stayed, I've stayed good friends with, um, with many, uh, the likes of Norv Turner, Scott Turner, Matt Burke, Corey Chavis. Tyrone Carter, Scott Linehan, Todd Downing, formerly the offensive coordinator for the Raiders. He was here in 2002 when Deedon Prairie High School. Leslie Frazier and I text a little bit before they uh, had their playoff game against Jacksonville. Is when when you when you feel it and love it the way I do. You know the the coaches and the players and a lot of the personnel people. They've just seen so much and negotiated so much that they can read between the lines of who's phony and who's not. And I know I'm not, and they know I'm not. So therefore, it it permits me the opportunity to keep the friendships on a certain level for a longer amount of time, and and I enjoy it. I just I, I just really really enjoy it because I enjoy the game. Yeah, and and you have a lot of those lasting relationships, which is um, remarkable because you are also in a position as the host of Nine to Noon weekdays to go on the air and analyze what happens. Not every season is thirteen and three playoff bound. Sometimes there are some rocky times. So is it difficult to balance that line of telling it as it is and being honest and being emotional because that's what your listeners want, but then also taking care of some of those relationships? Well, it used to be more difficult when I was when I was less secure with my position within Winter Park and with the team and with the station. Um, if it's bad, it's bad. Now, you know, there have been times where like after the Vikings embarrassed themselves in the first game of the season a few years ago at San Francisco, it was an embarrassing effort, and that's the only way to look at it. And, you know, I was really critical of the team after that game. And general manager Rick Spielman, within two weeks after the game, just pulled me aside respectfully and asked me to clarify my uh, clarify myself and just explain the reasons I, I said some things I said. And I've had conversations like that with Rick and other people, even Mike Zimmer at times. And Mike never listens to my show, but you know they, they, they hear about it, and, but that doesn't mean they hear it the right way. So I just appreciate the relationships I have with the decision makers within this covenant so that they trust me and like me enough where if something potentially is wrong, we fix it. There, there's not a lot of backbiting. There, there's no uncomfortable feelings. So it's it's never really been a problem. I'm, I never have been before I called Vikings games or or whatever. I've never been a guy to beg for a coach to get fired or a player to get traded. I just I'm just not wired that way. If it happens, it happens, and we move on. Yeah, you um not only are voice of the Vikings, you're voice of Canterbury Park the local uh, horse track that's here in town as well as host of 9 to Noon, obviously. It's a lot of work, isn't it? It can be. You know, the the I think the underrated facet of my jobs is that I've done them so long, and I have such good relationships with everybody with whom I work because I work hard for them, and it's very important that my employers make money. And you can call me a company guy or not. I couldn't care less. I mean, I work for these people. They give me great opportunity. I want to make them money. Um, specifically with KFAN, I'm able to be home every day at 1220 in the afternoon. So if I get to the radio station between 630 and 7, get my work done, win with the radio show, then I can be home at 1220 or at Winter Park at 1230 to interview an assistant coach for a KFAN radio show. So the ability to be home and, and either 
handle things with my kids, get get errands or whatever squared away. That's a highly underrated facet of the way all my jobs work. When August rolls around and I have Canterbury Thursday through Sunday, Mankato, Vikings preseason games, and KFAN Monday through Friday, it's a lot and it's mentally taxing. And you've worked next to me during those times for many years. But I just sleep. I mean, I'm not afraid to go to bed at 9 p.m. or 9.15 and wake up at 5.15 or 6. Sleep's very important to me. And um, I love the jobs. And there's, there are a lot of things to talk about from a sports standpoint in this market. So that makes it easier. Yeah, we could we could do this for a couple of hours, and we will have a full-fledged Skull Stories with Voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen, uh, to talk about all of this stuff. But quickly, before we go and wrap this up for the night, yeah. Um, the story of how you got to Minnesota. Talk about that because it's it's not football related. It's not Vikings related. It does tell a little bit of your story in your professional life. Yeah, um, I was back. I started uh, in newspaper writing in 1989 for the Pasadena Star News and USA Today, and I covered. Um, high school sports in Southern California and horse racing. And through horse racing, I auditioned to become a racetrack announcer. I won that job in 1993 at a track in San Francisco. Canterbury opened in 95. They liked my energy. They hired me for the summer season in 95. So 95, 6, 7, and 8, I went from San Francisco to Grand Island, Nebraska to Shakopee, and I did that gypsy tour basically for five years. I'd say around 97, KFAN Radio was doing shows at Canterbury. The program director, Doug Westerman, liked what I offered. Uh, They wanted to bring me into KFAN. They did in 98. Then an opportunity emerged for the Vikings in 2000 to call games for Vikings.com. I did it. So I had tape. And then um, I went for the job in 2001. I got beat. The guy they hired, uh, they, they weren't necessarily enthralled with. Uh, they moved on from him, hired me in 2002, and here we are. And it's a great story, but unfortunately, that's all we have for tonight. You Thanks are, for having me. I listen to the show every well, week. Thank you for doing it. You know, yeah. you are, um, you've are you meant a lot to me in my professional life, but Thanks, also Bob. personally, you're one of my best friends. You are the godfather to my daughter, Lucy, mm-hmm. and you do a lot of things for people around this building, and you're very much appreciated. And I know people listening tonight enjoy hearing this, this side of you. Thank so, you. Thank you very much. You bet. That's going to do it for this episode of Skull Stories. Reminder, the Vikings have a playoff game this weekend. The game is Sunday, 3.40 p.m. Central Time. You can hear it on the Vikings Radio Network. Voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen, will have the call with Pete Bursich up in the booth, Greg Coleman and Ben Lieber on the sidelines. The pregame show with host Mike Musman will begin at 1.30. Thank you again for listening. On behalf of Voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen, I'm your host, Mike Wabshaw. Have a good evening.